Good morning, everyone. My name is Father Bryce Sibley, and I am a priest of the Diocese of Lafayette. However, for the past year, I have been serving at Notre Dame Seminary here in town and teaching moral theology. And so it's a great honor, pleasure for me to be with you here this morning as we reflect on our gospel from today. What I want to do is really focus on the last part of the gospel, the one that we know the best. When Jesus talks about how could it be that a father would give their son a snake whenever he asks for a bread, for bread or for something good. And I want to reflect on it in view of prayer and the importance of prayer in our own lives. Now, hopefully all of us here pray, pray our novenas, we say our rosaries, we pray to God and ask for things. But I want to really sort of look a little bit deeper at how to improve our prayer or how to possibly transform it from what we hear in today's gospel. And what we see is that Jesus is specifically talking about intercessory prayer, where we ask the Lord for something on behalf of ourselves or arguably someone else. And so I want to look a little bit at this type of prayer, which I think for a lot of people constitutes the majority of their prayer. We ask the Lord for things, for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our nation, for our world. And Jesus is here saying that if we pray and we ask for things, we'll receive them. So why is it that sometimes when we do this, nothing happens? We know, obviously, that sometimes we may ask for something that we think would be good for us that truly isn't going to be good for us. But I want to propose not so much the reason why the Lord doesn't answer these prayers or seem to not answer these prayers, but instead how we can, looking at the gospel, pray in a more more proper way, one that is fitting to our nature. Because Jesus anchors that part of praying and asking as a son, praying or asking the Father for something. To pray with this spirit, knowing that we are adopted sons and daughters through baptism, and that we're petitioning a Father who loves us. And so that's the first thing that I want to really make the point of prayer today, is that when we pray, Jesus is encouraging us to pray boldly with confidence in God's goodness and the Father's love for us and our identity as sons and daughters. That when we pray boldly, we speak right to the heart of the Father. But so often... And I know I do this in my own life. When we pray, we pray like a servant to a master. Oh, God, please, will you grant this for me? I'm unworthy. I'm not deserving of this. And so instead of praying and saying, Father, I know you love me. I'm confident in that. And I'm confident in my identity as your son or daughter. So please, I ask you to give this to me. Rarely do we pray like that. And something that really struck me, it's a story I tell fairly often, uh, for the past 11 years before I got to um, the seminary, I worked as chaplain over at the University of Louisiana in Lafayette. Wonderful 11 years. And I was blessed to work with a lot of young people. Some of them are actually here at Mass today, which is nice to see. But what I, I learned in my work, particularly with men and women, I worked a lot of them who discerned vocations to the priesthood of religious life. There's one in particular that I remember 
who before she left to become a nun, came up to me and said, Father, I want to ask you for something. And I said, sure, what do you want to ask for? She says, I want you to give me the thing that is most valuable to you. I was struck by that. What, what a bold prayer. But I knew this young woman, and I knew that she knew that I cared for her as a father. I loved her, and she knew I'd give it to her. And I did. It was a rosary that was very, very precious to me. And it struck me, and it was a moment that was so decisive. She knew, she had confidence in who she was and my care for her as a spiritual father to ask me for that, knowing that I would give it. Imagine if we prayed to God like that. Lord, I know that you love me. I want to ask for this boldly. It's the way that St. Therese prayed. She didn't go cowering before God. Therese lived she knew the Father wanted her to give her good things, and so she was willing to ask for it. The second thing is this. When we go and we pray and intercede for ourselves, or in particular for other people, in the second part of the gospel, remember the man is knocking on his friend's door to petition for someone who's visiting at the house, not for himself. And so when we go to the Father and ask him for things, so often we may have our litany. Well, I want to pray for my aunt. I want to pray for my friends. I want to pray for the nation. I want to pray for my dog. I want to pray to win the lottery, whatever it is. But you know, the fact is the Lord already knows what we need. He already knows those things that we're going to pray for. And I'm not saying that we don't ask. But the fact of the matter is, we can often pray more effectively without even words. So imagine that you just hear the bad news of a friend of yours who's got cancer or who died in a terrible car accident. And what your heart feels, the way it sinks, and the way that you just maybe even want to start crying. The prayer is taking that surge of the heart and lifting it to the Father. So, Lord, you, you know what's in my heart. I offer this to you. Those feelings, those emotions, that compassion go right to the heart of the Father. That's a prayer. Probably the best way that I can explain it, many of you probably have seen a movie or a TV show where, let's say, a kid gets hurt and the parent grabs the child and the child's unconscious in his arms and he walks into the hospital. What happens? Immediately, the nurses and the doctors go and they take the child to go take care of him. They don't need the father to walk in and say, doctor, my child is sick. They can see it on the father's face. They can read his heart. They know what to do. The father doesn't have to say, here, please do this, 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 and this on my child. If a doctor can understand it, imagine how God the father can understand it. And so we learn to intercede with that great surge of the heart. The third point, and this is sort of the pivotal point of what I'm trying to say today, is that, yeah, it's good that we ask for things. And so often intercessory prayer makes up the bulk of our prayers. I'm not saying that this is bad at all. The problem is, though, we've all had relationships like this, one that is based on the other person only coming to us when they need us. I need this. Can you get this to me? And if we love the person, we're going to entertain that request. A father or a mother absolutely would. But the fact is, if that's all we do, approach God asking for things, then the risk is on our part is that he's no longer a loving father, but it's reduced to a transactional relationship. I ask God for things and I expect him to give me something back. 
Just if I go to the store and I pay for this, I expect something to be given to me. When all of a sudden we go and we don't get what we expect, then we get mad at God or we think that we're not praying well for some reason. And we've got to avoid this transactional relationship by moving away from always having to intercede to something that is much deeper. It's the prayer of Jesus. When Jesus would go and pray, spend all night in prayer, do you think he just interceded for things? No. He used that time to spend with his father because he as the son knew the father loved him and wanted to spend time with him and wanted to be with him. Jesus didn't always ask for stuff. It was his simple being with the father that was Christ's prayer. And because we are one with Christ, adopted sons and daughters, that can be our prayer too. The heart of prayer is not saying a bunch of things, not doing a bunch of things, but as children being present to the Father who loves us. And this brings us to the fourth point, which I think is this radical way of changing the way that we understand prayer. At prayer, we often go, even if we're going to go and spend time with the Lord, we're often doing it for ourselves. I want to get something out of it. I want the Lord to give me this grace, or I want him to help me in this way. Or maybe we're going and just going to say, Lord, I just want to be with you. But we're thinking that we're going to get something out of it. And indeed, we absolutely do. But have we ever thought of the fact that prayer is not so much about what we get, but what we give to the Lord. But we give to the Lord because he desires to spend time with us. God, the Heavenly Father, desires to spend time with his children. It's a quote that I'm going to give, a very short quote from a contemporary spiritual author. It's a Carmelite sister. She says, quote, all my concern is that God should have what he wants, the chance to be good to me, to his heart's content, unquote. Think of that. It's not so much what we get, but the Lord wants us to go to him. He delights in seeing us. He delights in spending time with us. Even if we come into church for five minutes a day, his face lights up because he's waiting to spend time with his children. Granted, many of you may have had your children move away, and when they come in for the holidays, your children, your grandchildren, you are so excited to see them. You want to spend time with them. Why? Because you love them, because you care for them. And if we're confident in the Father's love for us and our prayer, then we're going to go knowing that he delights in being our present, in our presence, that we give joy to him by being there in prayer. And fifth and finally, and this is going to probably be the craziest point, unless you're going to look at me like I'm nuts. I would imagine that many of you here do not have a subscription to Disney Plus, even though there are some that I think probably do. It's a little streaming service. If you don't have it, let me tell your grandkids, watch Disney Plus. They can watch all the Disney movies and Star Wars. But there's a cartoon on there that I love. And it's a cartoon called Bluey. It's an Australian cartoon. Somebody watches it over there. Look at that. Someone's paying attention to my homily today. And it's about this family of little dogs. There's a dad dog, a mom dog, and two little dogs called Bingo and Bluey. 
And they're all the episodes, they're perfect for me. They're about eight minutes long. I have ADD. I can't pay much more attention than that. <laughs> but it's a very pure show, a very good show, actually, with Christian under, undertones. And I watch it, and the whole, the whole premise of the show, or most every episode, is the daughters going to the dad to ask him to play, to make up some game. Now, obviously, we're wondering, does this dad ever work? He actually is an archaeologist. You learn that a little bit later on. And I was watching it this week, and as I was sort of preparing for this homily, and I thought, what a wonderful analogy for our relationship to God the Father, and particularly our relationship for prayer. Just as these two little girls, these little dogs, these little Australian shepherd dogs, we're like them. And when we come to the Father in prayer... That prayer is not that we come with this great responsibility. We come with a duty. We have to do work. But we go to the Father asking him to play. Spend time with us. Enjoy being with us. And every single episode, the dad dog says yes. He gets out of bed. He goes to the pool with the kids, even though, of course, he forgets everything and the mom needs to bring it later on. God doesn't forget anything. These are the episodes that really show us this deep truth, I think, of how the Lord wants to be with us. And so I encourage in this last point to change our mindset away from a way of seeing prayer as a responsibility. There's a time when we go and we say to the Father, we want to spend time with you, Dad. We want to play with you because we know you delight in our presence and our existence. Amen.